Hey guys, welcome to the Great Game. It's your man Kovu, and I got Monty here, as always. What up? What up? And um, yo, episode four. We made it to episode four. I'm I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, um, man. The weeks are going by like incredibly fast. But uh, today we just want to go over like a bit of um, uh, Tory Lane. The, the more there's more sh- like Tory Lane shooting details. Uh, Kanye West appeared on Joe Rogan. Uh, Mike Tyson and Lil Boosie had an interest, interesting exchange. Um, and Jordan B. Peterson returned. And then we'll cap that off with, you know, the media that we've been consuming recently that I guess we're uh, really into or found interesting. But uh, first things first, uh, Monty, how was your week? It's been okay. It's been okay, man. I'm kind of bummed, though, recently. I just heard that my game that's supposed to come out, Cyberpunk 2077, it got got delayed, man. It got delayed again. So I'm kind of bummed about that. Mm. Well, I can tell you that the developers, CD CD Projekt Red, are known to make masterpieces. They made the greatest game of all time, as far as I'm concerned, which is The Witcher 3. They oh, made yeah. The Witcher 2, and they also made The Witcher 1. So if they're pushing it back, just looking at their track record, I feel like it's probably going to be for good reason. They do not want to – the last game they released, to my knowledge, was The Witcher 3. Yeah. So that bar has been set incredibly high. And this is in, this takes place in a totally different world. If I'm not mistaken, it's like a futuristic dystopia type, type of feel. Yeah, uh, this is like the opposite of kind of Witcher in a way where, you know, Witcher kind of takes back in probably medieval times, right? Yeah, facts. Uh, 12, 12, 20 something or in the 1200s, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So I guess, like, when, uh, what's the new date or is there a new date? Uh, new date is, I think, December 10th. I think they kind of moved it a month, month later on, but... I'm kind of glad in a way because you don't want to release anything with like, you know, bugs or glitches or anything like that. Because, you know, nowadays games, a lot of games are released with a lot of problems. So they, they probably want to make sure everything is OK. Plus, you know, I'm kind of glad it, they kind of moved it because there's <laughs> there's a lot of other games coming out in November. So they probably want to it, it might be better for the company, too, because, you know, it's closer to Christmas or people want to. People want to buy probably Cyberpunk 2077, you know, instead of all their games when it's closer to Christmas. That's true. There definitely might be a marketing, uh, a marketing aspect to it all. But with that being said, <clears throat> Cyberpunk 2020 has been one of the most hyped games I've seen. So I don't think I would worry about it. Yeah. You know, I think it could drop at any time. I think Call of Duty and Halo 6 could come out and, and Cyberpunk uh, 27. 2077 would uh do remarkably well but yeah it's been really hyped man hopefully you know you know when sometimes something is so hyped uh, it could be let down so hopefully people are not people don't have it too high of expectations because you know it might it might bum a lot of people out if it's not to their high high expectations that's true um like another game (laughs) and we didn't plan to talk about gaming per se but (laughs) yeah yeah but The Last of Us 2 was a very controversial oh, uh, yeah. um, sequel. You know, um, I didn't even play The Last of Us 1, but people did not like The Last of Us 2. Oh, like, yeah. It's been the fan base in half. Uh, so, it was yeah, insane. Man, you got to be careful with those expectations. I know it's hard. It's, it's hard not to be excited. Like, 
to to suppress your expectations is to also suppress your excitement and joy and anticipation. And that's very difficult for us humans to do. But um getting down to um brass tacks or whatever as they, as they say, uh Tory Lane's last week uh went on Instagram live for the first time since his incident with Megan Thee Stallion in July and he had a lot to say. Now, my my impression of this 31 minute stream <laughs> was that I, I saw Tori in a light that I've never seen him before, right? Because his first response was through music. And in music, he is confident. He has a persona. Uh, and in music, he's, he's throwing some accusations himself. Uh, I think there was uh, some implications of Megan Thee Stallion being jealous because Tori Lanez was on Kylie Jenner at the uh, party or at her house or whatever. And... Um, you know, it was it was bold. It was very much bold, but it did what it did to like shift a lot of the momentum, and it uh, carried a lot of favor from his fans. But with that being said, on this live, it's a if you juxtapose it with the music, it's two totally different vibes. Yeah. Which is on the live, he said, "I love Megan." You know, she's the black woman. He kept saying, "You know, <laughs> I love black women. I love black women," because the, a big part of the narrative is that. Not only do you not support black women, but you uh, you antagonize them, you, sh- you shoot at them, stuff like that. So he really wanted to to uh, to try to rein in his narrative about about you know his relationship with uh, black wo- uh, black women, and even went as far as saying that don't don't misconstrue why I put out my album. I put out my album in honor of my mother who's passed away and she was a black woman. So how can I hate black women? And it kind of made me chuckle because I think you can be black and love your black mother and still disrespect and, and not like black women. But I'm not saying Tory Lanez is doing that, but I'm just saying it's, 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 it's funny. But with that being said, I do relate, relate to him in terms of his mother passing, my mother passed and all that. And uh, I can only, I could only imagine like the pain and turmoil internally that he's going through if he's uh, being accused of hating black women when all he really wanted to do was yeah. to show mother love. However, and this, this, he was very careful with his words. Like you can definitely tell he was thinking uh, as he was doing this, he wasn't reading off a teleprompter or anything like that. And he was trying to make, <laughs> he was trying to be so careful and, 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 and while saying, while refuting the allegations, he was trying to say that Megan is, I'm still friends with her. I'm still friends with her. But the interesting thing about that is if you're telling the world that Megan Thee Stallion is lying, I don't yeah. think, I think that friendship is going to go unrequited. Like she, she doesn't feel the same way. Uh, yeah, I was you, surprised, you know, seeing the, seeing one of the takeaways was that uh, he's saying she, she's lying, but you, you're still friends with her. I don't think she, she might be want to be friends with you anymore. So that's a, that's a little weird. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, so he just went on to, to refute the allegations and and speak from, from the heart. And it's interesting because I don't, when he put out the music, I saw the momentum shifting. But when I was reading like comments, uh, wherever this story was posted, whether it was the article, whether it's in the shade room, uh, people didn't, a lot of people didn't respond well to it. Because a lot of people wanted to hear more. I think some of his fans even wanted to hear more. Like, okay, well, if you didn't shoot her, Tori, then who shot her? But yeah. I think 
people would do good to remember that also in the stream that the reason he did why it took him so long was to um he was he was talking to his lawyer and his his lawyer advised him to like stay stay silent and um and he i think he also talked about rock nation which is who megan the stallions clicked up with everybody knows that that's you know jay-z's company and all of that and there's definitely some accusations towards toward rock nation and how they uh got their hands on this situation and how they told him to um if you're if you're if you're trying to say something to the public we suggest that you don't and um that it that that was an interesting um tidbit of information i don't know how uh factual that is but but then again rock nation is going to do whatever they can to protect their assets and, and, and megan the stallion and uh and not to make it sound cut and dry that they only care about megan because of what she can gross but i'm just saying they're, they're gonna do whatever they can to protect her and the narr narrative around her so it, it doesn't necessarily suggest anything sinister per se but i can see how somebody could interpret that but um with that being said that's that's pretty much it tori got on live he spoke his heart uh and he refuted the allegations while simultaneously saying that i'm still friends with megan uh and yeah that's pretty much that well um uh, is there anything else yeah it's kind of weird how the narrative is kind of that he hates black women i don't think that's the narrative in a way uh mm. we should be talking about the shooting you know why he did it and i don't think that might be a reason like him hating black women because there's honestly he's kind of right on that part i don't i don't see any any evidence that points towards tory having a hate towards black women. So I don't think that's, that's, that's one of the, that might not be, that, that's not his reason for doing what he might have done in that scenario. Yeah. I guess uh, we'll wait till further details um, yeah. as the, as the, you know, I, I guess the trial will take place sometime. Yeah, he did say, he did say, you know, a charge is not a conviction. So we'll see. Yeah, that's true. He's just battling. He's just defending himself in the court of public opinion, which I think yeah. is the perfect, uh, uh, analogy to, to the situation. Like the court of public opinion is real. Um, there have been times in the past where somebody was found innocent and the court of public opinion still didn't believe it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to have to see. We know yeah, it's real for both sides, you know, Megan and him, because, you know, Megan also has her haters when it comes to this situation. Oh, definitely. And yeah, it's, it's it got to be hard when you're a public, a huge public figure and and even if you're telling the truth, people say, oh, no, she's lying or he's lying. So that's that's very tough to handle mentally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Okay, so moving on. I do, I do, I did wish uh, we got to record this, uh, you know, talk about this on the previous episode because this news came right when we started recording the uh, last episode. Bro, yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, bro, like, 30 minutes after we recorded episode three, Tory Lanez decides to go on live. Yeah. Like, oh, bro. <laughs> he was probably, he's probably, you know, watching us record and just, you know, I I'll go now <laughs> after they finish recording. Right, right, right. Uh, okay, so uh, in other news, Kanye West appeared on Joe Rogan. Um, now, this has been a long, 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 we anticipate like Monty, how long has it been since Kanye was supposed to be on Joe Rogan? I feel like uh, it's I definitely think over a year, definitely, because I, I really didn't think it was gonna happen. But you know, I, I think I know why it happened. Why it happened though, because mm -hmm. uh, he's running for president, and 
he feels he needs to go on Joe Rogan to, you know, get some momentum. Because, you know, I think a lot of candidates uh, appeared on, I know Bernie Sanders, Tulsi Gabbard, and Andrew Yang, uh, they, they went on Joe Rogan because he, he has a huge audience, man. And I know Andrew Yang, he was a huge, uh, he, he, he got a huge benefit from going on Joe Rogan because a lot of people didn't know who he was until he went on Joe Rogan. And after that, he kind of took off in a way. And I think he probably, Kanye or people around him probably saw uh, that he could benefit a lot going to Joe Rogan. And I don't think it, it could have happened if he wasn't running for president. So honestly, I wish he, I wish he went when he wasn't running for president because most of the, most of the podcast, man, it was, it was a lot. It was a, it was a lot about God and what, uh, what he's going to do as a president. And it was, it was, it was a very disjointed, disjointed podcast, man. I would imagine. I I definitely would imagine. I didn't get a, a chance to like watch it, but I did hear about the takeaways. There's articles that talked about the 10 takeaways or whatever. And uh, one of the takeaways was he's prioritizing his relationship with God over the music industry. I don't necessarily particularly think that's new. You know, uh, he's been kind of on the whole Sunday service Kanye thing and the whole, there was that whole uh, thing where he said he didn't want to collaborate with people or it was reported that he didn't want to collaborate with people that weren't practicing abstinence or uh, refrain yeah. from sex until marriage, which I thought was funny and weird because, I mean, he's had a lot of great uh, collaborations in the past. Imagine if he had that mindset like 10 years before. A lot of the great music that we have now wouldn't be, wouldn't be uh, available. So yeah. that, that's, that's, that's interesting. But hey, man, if, he, if he's taking his religion and principles serious, I, I guess uh, I'll applaud him for that. Uh, the problem is, is really the problem is is like it 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 lies in whether you you take what he says like seriously or not or or yeah there is the idea that he's prioritizing himself uh more than uh god himself well it's kanye west man (laughs) what do you expect he's he always you know once he referred himself as god man (laughs) so it still ties back to him even even if he talks about God, he it's it's mostly about Kanye West. But yeah, I don't know how many times he said God in that past podcast. Probably over like a thousand times. Probably yeah. every every topic they talked about, it had he always re- reiterated the the word God in their summer, and it it was it was pretty crazy. Like you know, Joe Rogan would ask him a question, and he would he would take that topic and just go all over the place. He probably talks about five different things uh, when just talking about one thing. And I think, it, yeah, they, they even mentioned it in the podcast. Joe Rogan was trying to, you know, reel him back in to talk about just one subject at a time. But just Connie, just, he just, you could tell, he just, his mind is just, he has so many ideas and he's just all over the place. And honestly, there's some, there's some, some good ideas in there, but, you know, it just gets lost within so many other, other things that he's talking about that he's, uh, he's kind of, he's kind of wild, man. Yeah, I bet. Um, I guess he, he goes on to reflect on being medicated to treat yeah. bipolar disorder and says we're all being medicated. Quote, it blocked my ability to channel what God wanted me to do. 
but we're all on medication right now. Did you use toothpaste with fluoride? Oh, my God. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah, my he bad, gets guys. into a lot of conspiracies, oh. too. Yeah. Okay. Did you use toothpaste with fluoride today? It blocks your uh, pineal gland, and they put children on it. We put our kids on it. It's inside the deodorants we use. It's all these things to create a disconnect to God to serve that. See, he our, goes back to God for every subject, hey, man. Bro, hold on, dog. You can't, you can't talk about toothpaste and deodorant and says it's all being used. To, like, you got to use a better, you know, like, like a, a more pressing topic than deodorant and toothpaste to, like, uh, connect that to being a disconnect, a block to our relationship with God. I, I just don't see the connection. And I was raised Christian. Um, and you're not about to tell me that my grandma, just because she uses toothpaste and deodorant, she is somehow there's a block to her connection with God. I, I, I'm not seeing it. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was just a, a metaphor or, or yeah. an analogy, but you got to give me something more than that. But anyway, are you serving man or are you serving the one and only master? The main thing that it did is destroyed my confidence. It made me this shell of who I really am. It grayed over my eyes. It made the Mustang not buck anymore. They told me I was bipolar. I remember going on TMZ and saying slavery is a choice. They medicated me for saying that, for having that opinion and saying it out loud. Um, I don't think that's why they medicate you. They, they don't throw bipolar medication at, uh, at people for like having eccentric beliefs. From what I understand, I don't yeah. even know, like the 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 psychiatric industry has had a lot of criticisms levied its way, and uh, a lot of them being justified. Like, yeah, you know, we're putting yeah, I kind of sympathize with him, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. It's so, it's not a it's not a black and white when it comes to treating bipolar uh, with like medication, because I know I know a lot of a lot of the medication also has side effects, and that's and, true. Yeah, it might be. But, yeah, it might be might be a problem for some people to deal Definitely. with the side effects. But it you got to be committed, like if you really because there's a whole host of medications and the problems uh, psychiatrists have is trying to find the right one. So a lot of people that uh, I've know and, and and had have heard said that like it took them years to find the proper medication, but when it yeah. did, it, it it was good. Like they were able to retain who they were and not become a shell of themselves while also being able to. Uh, uh, medicate their issue, their their mental issues or whatever. Like my sister is schizophrenic. She has bi uh, bipolar, paranoid schizophrenia or whatever. And uh, if she doesn't take her medication, bro, it's it's a very bad thing. It's a yeah. very bad thing. So and and she and, and it isn't like when she's on it, she's a shell of herself. It's not like that at all. But but when them voices get to talking to her. And obviously schizophrenia is different than bipolar disorder, but I'm just saying like, it, it's a very serious thing and you can't, I don't feel like it could be dangerous. You know, somebody like Kanye saying like, uh, you know, it blocked my ability to channel yeah. uh, what I wanted to do because people might hear that and say, oh, well, fuck medication then. Yeah. No, bro, some people need medication. But in terms of his own personal experience with that one medication, it very well, I guess, could uh, could have done that. But you just gotta, you gotta be mindful of, I feel like you gotta be mindful of your platform and, and research because he always talks about information and knowledge or whatever. You got, I feel like you got to do your due diligence before you uh, categorically um, deny medication or whatever. And, but I still got to I still got to see the podcast. I'm just reading the quote. I, I'm not I'm not hearing his tone of voice or whatever that could change my whole outlook. But from this quote alone, it it it, it looks uh it looks kind of shaky to me. So uh, this isn't me just you know hating on Kanye or whatever like that. But um. Yeah, sometimes when it comes to, you know, 
for medication, the pros of it just, I guess, outweigh the cons. So, uh, so until we have a, until we have a proper medication that, you know, has really low side effects, I guess, you know, that's the best we have so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, then he goes on to talk about Black History Month uh, and said what they showed during Black History Month was us getting hosed down, reminding us that we're slaves. What if we had, remember I cheated on you month? How does that make you feel? It makes you feel depleted and defeated. Um, I think I think that analogy is a little shaky, but whatever, we'll go with it. Um, in terms of Black History Month, I've, yeah, I've always been critical of what they show us in school during that time yeah. because it seemed like the the same month, no matter what year in school I was in, whether in middle school, uh, high school, it was always Martin Luther King and then slavery or whatever. Uh, but that's more so I feel like the selection that, that the school system uses. But um, there's other there's so many other things, especially like on uh, Instagram or podcasts, they talk about uh, little known black uh, black achievements. Yeah. Uh, that, that isn't really talked about, like that's talked about outside of the school system. Like you can really go in depth uh, and it doesn't have to be just a black history month. I, I could see why some people are like, no, it's just, it's just history. But due to our history, it seems like we do have to emphasize that. It's just that I feel like the selection of the school system is poor because there's so many yeah. other uh, people that we could uh, talk about. And uh, uh, like, I didn't learn about Nat Turner in school. Uh, I didn't learn about a lot of people uh, in school that I come to find out when um, I did my my uh, own research and then got with people, uh, conscious black people, shout out to them, uh, that, that put me on game in terms of um, things outside of slavery and Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and all that. So uh, yeah, I, I somewhat agree yeah. with uh, Kanye on this, but I, I'm not, I'm not to the point where I want to just destroy, just destroy the month of February for, for black history month. Like, no, I, I do think people need to uh, uh, take the time to learn. And if, if, um, Here's the thing, you you know, this might sound crazy, guys, but like on New Year's Eve, people have New Year's resolutions when in reality, it's just a whole nother, it's just another day at the end of the day. But yeah. for some people that that ha take take some sort of significance from that, they there are people that actually do change. Despite the fact that the uh, it might be the mass ma majority of people that don't change. And after January, they fall right back into what they said they weren't going to do anymore. Some people actually do. So if Black History Month exists and that 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 sparks something in somebody's head to do their own research, uh, then go ahead. Like I'm, I'm okay with them. I don't, I don't hate the month itself. I just feel like, again, uh, I wish the school system would bring more attention to other things outside of slavery and Martin Luther King every damn year. So yeah. Then he goes on to talk about abortion as a bigger uh, societal issue than the pandemic. To me, that's categorically false, but I'm not about to get into the abortion topic right now. That's but, another you know, whole, you know, whole other, whole other bottle we don't want to open because that's yeah, a, whole, that's mm -hmm. a huge subject. But it's fun. It's interesting because when you when you talk about people in the UK and there's tons of black people in the UK, bro, abortion is not a big topic. It's not a big issue. Like yeah, when it's I talk tied to American, re, American religious, you know, the Christian sector. That's not just Christian. Probably just the just the religious sector that's very that's very divided on this yeah it's very puritanical very uh southern evangelical those are the main people that you know go hard for that um and then i've seen documentaries of people that work at planned parenthood being antagonized like when they leave when they go into work and then leave 
there's people that throw shit at them or, or whatever. And it's sad because majority of, from what I understand, Planned Parenthood isn't all about abortion. That's just the only thing that opposition to it centers on. But they, they uh, you know, they have, uh, damn, I'm not a woman, so I don't know everything about Planned Parenthood, but the majority of what they do is not is killing unborn babies. Yeah. It's, they don't just do that. They, they advocate for uh, contraception and other, other uh, ways women can uh, live, live their life. Um, the idea that abortion is bigger than, than the, uh, a bigger societal issue than the pandemic is silly to me. To tell that to anybody in the UK or anybody in a country outside of America and they'll laugh at your face. They don't have this whole uh, hysteria around uh, abortion. But again, it's a complicated topic and I'm not saying I'm pro-abortion. And a, lot of, a lot of people also think that when you say you're pro, uh, pro-choice, you're pro-abortion. There's tons of people out there that feel like women should have the right to do what they want and also not like the idea of abortion. Um, but I guess and, when it comes to, uh, you know, people thinking abortion is bigger, bigger than COVID, uh, I guess uh, you would believe that if you think, uh, you know, killing or, or if you think abortion is killing babies. So you might think, you know, there's a lot more deaths when it comes to that uh, compared to COVID. So I guess. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of a lot of people that are really you know, to, to take that very seriously, I'll often compare the numbers of abortions to like, I don't know, Holocaust uh, numbers. Uh, and a lot of conservatives will say like, man, you're, you're the, the black women in your community are killing more black people than any, any uh, external uh, population or, or, or group. Um, they, so they, I don't know, man, there, there's a lot of nastiness that's yeah. also embedded in people's arguments to, uh, with that. Uh, so anyway, moving on, um, he said the coronavirus is the reason for the delayed start to his presidential campaign. Uh, I was kind of surprised on that, though. I didn't know he had COVID. Oh, yeah. Damn. So he had the virus and he was sitting quarantined in his house. And my co- he said his cousin texted him about being prepared to run for president. He said uh, he just put, completely pulled, uh, put it off to the side because he was like shiver, shivering and had the shakes, taking hot showers, eating soup. Uh, <laughs> Hey man, I'm uh, listen. My nephew had COVID. It fucked him up. He's, he's yeah. recovered. He's healthy or whatever. I'm glad. I'm glad Kanye like pulled through, bro. Like that would be a, a tragedy. Uh, I don't want. I don't want 2020 taking uh, no more legends away. No more. No more people. Period away. But yeah, I, yeah. You know, Kanye was somebody uh, I grew up listening to and stuff like that. And it's sad that uh, also in this article he said he feels bad listening to his own uh, discography, and because that's what his discography of the past is why people love him so much and find it so hard to even criticize them. Yeah. Um, he would not have a chance to run for president right now uh, unless it was for his, what he has done in the past. So yeah, I don't and know that, what he's to be shameful about. Yeah, it's, it, it, it isn't. It isn't. And uh, Kanye, let's, let's be clear, Kanye is a legend. Kanye put out an album called College Dropout in the midst of like the, the uber gangsterism in hip hop, you know, the time where 50 Cent was dominating uh, Jay Z and it was all street shit, dope selling shit. And here goes little Kanye putting out an album called College Dropout talking about uh, uh, his, his own unique struggle, struggles, uh, uh, a struggle from a black man that wasn't really told in hip hop, at least around that time, because we do got to remember that hip hop did, did have a big uh, conscious movement like in the eighties or whatever, but when NWA came and all that, it kind of, it just changed the, the momentum and reputation of hip hop. So Kanye uh, is responsible. If it wasn't for Kanye, bro, like 
Drake Drake wouldn't be here. Um, a lot of people wouldn't be here. Um, and I feel I feel wrong saying that for some reason. Like, but Drake will tell you that his inspiration, one of his biggest inspirations, was Kanye West. And if Kanye West didn't exist, what what would Drake then have? Would he have like a Fifty Cent, uh, Jay Z, or whatever? Like, um, I don't know if he would have took the initiative like he did because J- Drake's also not a gangster rapper or whatever. So I got to give yeah, he influenced off. a lot of people. You know, he influenced uh, a lot of the emo rap scene that you see nowadays. Not not obviously emo. Uh, for that work, but you know, Juice World and a lot of other artists nowadays that kind of have a more softer tone when it comes to some comes to their song. You know, more melodic, melodic tunes. Yeah. Um, and then Kanye also explained why he wanted to run for president. He said, um, "It was something that God put in my heart <laughs> back in 2015, a few days before the MTV Awards. It hit me in the shower." When I first thought of it, I start, I just started laughing at myself and all this joy came over my body, through my soul. Uh, I felt that energy and spirit. Two days later, I accepted the Michael Jackson uh, Video Vanguard Award at the MTV Awards. Instead of performing my array of hit songs, I gave, I just gave my perspective on award shows. I knew at the end I was going to tell people I'm running for president in 2020. It even took my, It even took heart to say it in that context and people's minds were blown. I had different friends, some people in the music industry, some tech allies, and they took it as a joke. They were telling me all these millions of reasons why I couldn't run for president. I remember running into Oprah two days or one day after that, and she said, you don't want to be president. One of my responses to the naysayers was, I'll definitely be a billionaire by that time. Not that that's a reason why someone should be president at that time. I was $50 million in debt, and I knew I had the confidence that I would be able to turn that around. That's interesting. Um, hey, I'll so. give him. I'll give him one thing, though, man. He he actually, you know, after five years, he actually uh, just kept his promise. I guess saying saying he's gonna run for it, but I don't know. I think he's gonna win, but at least he's running. You know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He he stayed true true to his uh, word, his his vision, and the shower of all places. And uh, uh, but the the part that got me, though, you know, God God made him run for president, so. It's it's yeah, just man. it's just weird how some people use God as an as an excuse to do anything that that's that might not be a good idea, you know. Bro, I can't tell you all like the the photos that uh, evangelicals make when a when a certain candidate is running and they'll have like Jesus behind them signing a, a, a executive order or whatever. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of uh, it, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit, bro. I I don't know if this like hurts anybody's feelings, whatever, but I don't, I don't think God and uh, politics mix very well. And I also don't think um, God is like handpicking presidential candidates, candidates. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's just, that's just, and I'm a, I'm a rather spiritual person, but I, I just don't think uh, if Joe Biden wins, Oh God wanted that to happen. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know about all that, bro, but yeah, it is that's what it why, is. that's why we have separation of church and state, you know, <laughs> they don't mix well. Yeah. And then, uh, I'll comment mm-hmm. on one thing though, that, you know, a lot of people doubted him. That's why he ran. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's one of his Kanye's my motivation to do anything in a way. Cause I know back in the day when he was making beats and people said, Oh, you, you can't rap, you can't do this, then, you know, he became big, big biggest star in hip-hop, yeah. and then, you know, he, he wanted to uh, be a fashion designer, and I know people said he couldn't do it, 
and he kind of did that. So I guess, you know, that he kind of uses that as a motivation. And you know how, you know, we say, we, we kind of use uh, being a president as a metaphor for kids. Like when we say, you can't do anything, like you can't do anything in the world, you can't be a president. So I guess he saw, you know, he wants to be at the highest of high when it comes to being someone influential. And uh, that's not easy to do, but, you know, at least... At least, you know, when it comes to Kanye, he wants to do the biggest things possible. He wants to do, he wants to be the best this, best that. So I right. get, I get where, where, why he's running for president. So it makes sense for Kanye to run for president, even yeah. if it's God or not. Yeah, I think he would have ran anyway sometime. But he Back. did say that uh, in the podcast, which was interesting because I think he knows he's not going to win because he, he kept saying, uh, I'll run for tw- I'll, f- I'll run for president in 2024 also. So <laughs> we're going to get a round two maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I definitely think um I don't <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't uh I don't want to doubt nobody or whatever, but he's definitely not winning in 2020. Everybody should know that by now. But um in terms of him running in 20, 2024, I guess uh good luck. I guess he's going to be running as a democrat and uh you know, 4 years from now when when the time comes and then um, assuming the Great Cave is still going to be a thing, uh, we'll talk about it. So to transition into something, uh, I was about to say lighthearted, but I guess it depends on your, your perspective in, when it comes to R. Kelly. Because some people, believe it or not, still think R. Kelly is like innocent or shouldn't have to go through uh, public humiliation in, in prison uh, based, but just because of, all the, because of his discography. Um, I don't care how somebody, how good somebody's discography is. Obviously, if you're touching and raping kids, then it, it is what it is. You should you should get the worst of the worst in terms of punishment. But it says R. Kelly asks again to be released from federal custody after inmate says he beat the R&B singer in Chicago jail. Damn, bro. It, hey, hey. First off, before I like go more into the details of this, R. Kelly, like being asked like asking to be released from federal custody after inmate says he beats him or whatever is this a karma moment like is this karma? <laughs> might be man might be <laughs> and, and and it's happening in chicago bro r kelly's from chicago this is where he held this is where he was the r&b king and now he's getting beat up begging to be released from federal custody uh and like going going more into the article uh, the person that beat him up said in hopes of getting spotlight attention and world news notice to shed light on us uh, when it comes to wrongdoing uh, by the government. So, oh, so this guy had a political plan. So beat, beating <laughs> R. Kelly's ass was a political plan to get people to notice. See, it's funny, man. It's not, I like how it's not about him because uh, that kind of, kind of hurts R. Kelly even more because, you know, it's not about him. That, that's why he did it. So oh, I like, so I like, ego. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good take. That'd be hurt your ego. That's, that's interesting, bro. Because, like, just looking at the headline, and this is why context is important, uh, or content is important, the headline would just make you think he did it because of everything R. Kelly was accused of doing. You know when uh he probably uh, did it because of that too in a way because he he had to find a target and obviously he was a big target because that's true. it's R Kelly and I guess what he did because mm-hmm. you know if if it was somebody that probably went went to prison he could have done it the same thing to you know uh, Bobby Shmurda <laughs> that would not have the same effect you know yeah yeah 
Oh yeah, that's 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 a fact. Yeah, targeted the target wasn't it, it was like the perfect target if you wanted attention. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think him beating up R. Kelly is gonna like do anything though in terms of yeah, uh, yeah. the government lightening up on on their grief his grievances. But you him. know what matters though, even like the uh, the people's outtake on that, you know, people hearing oh. about it, that tension that's that's what kind of gets the ball rolling. But I guess you know at least he's trying, man. You got to give it that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so his attorney said, uh, Mr. Kelly was the victim of an unprovoked attack while incarcerated at the MCC because of who he is. Uh, it's clear the uh, Bureau of Prisons cannot adequately accommodate the need to keep him safe. Um, now listen, bro, remember Six Nine was released early because of the coronavirus and then other rappers asked to be released uh, due to the coronavirus. I believe Kodak Black and YMW Melly's uh, attorneys tried to get their judges to like do the whole 6 9 thing, and they said, hell no. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> kind of, no. that might be, that's kind of funny how <laughs> the light-skinned <laughs> light rapper is the one who got to get, get a release, you know? Yeah. But all the, all the other actual Black artists, they, they're kind of denied. So that kind of shows, in a way, uh, yeah. that, preferential t- treatment when it comes to, I guess, how light you are also. Yeah, but I, I also want to be clear, 6 9 helped bring down one of the most in, uh, uh, infamous and notorious gangs as well. Like oh, YMW, yeah, yeah. Melly, and Kodak, they didn't help bring a big-ass criminal enterprise down, whereas 6 9 did. So I think that obviously played in, into a lot of it as well. But it's how big? Like, how big was the uh, or the gang or whatever that 6 9 brought down? How big, like, Bro, let me look up, look it up. But it was big and it was consequential, meaning it wasn't just a bunch of street members they got. They got like the hierarchy of that, that gang too. Um, but six nine helps bring down. That is pretty insane. Like how, because we remember, because Charlemagne even said, I'll, "I'll, I'll do some crazy things if six nine gets released," and he actually got released. Man, I, I'll give him that. I'll give him props for that, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, whereas Bobby Smurder himself, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. Uh, he's just not built that way. Although, uh, in his, uh, some people consider Bobby Smurder self snitching when he talks about some of the things he and his gang committed in some of in his hottest songs or, or his hottest song, "Hot Nigga." You yeah, just thought about it about a week ago, and then, he, then he that's pretty much a meme within the community. Like you know how how people just confess within their songs, and uh, and they expect that's like evidence, pretty much. Mm-hmm. The court yeah, is going to so, use that as evidence. Yeah, so it got people, but the main thing was the Godfather of the Nine Trade Gangsta Bloods, the gang affiliated with rapper Takashi Six Nine, has been sentenced to more than eleven years in prison. And then uh, Mel Murder was sentenced to 135 months after pleading guilty to racketeering and narcotic charges in April. And then there's like a list of people, but I'm not seeing the number right now, but just know that 6ix9ine like basically uh, helped demolish that, that criminal enterprise or whatever. But, uh, but going, going back to what I was saying about Bobby Smurder, who's going to be released next year, by the way. And I think it's, it's going to be a, I think it's going to be interesting because Bobby Smurder is one of those artists that I don't think was easily forgotten you know, there have been artists that went to jail and never got to restore the glory of their career. I, uh, one one artist that comes to mind is Sean in the whole Diddy J-Lo incident back in, uh, what, 2000, 2001. He got sentenced uh, for a long fucking time 
and then he got out, and nobody gave a fuck. Well, well, yeah, it'd be interesting, and I don't want to go on a tangent, but every artist uh, that went to jail or like something crazy happened to them, they they always turned religious. Uh, one turned uh, into the Jewish, one turned into like the uh, to Islam. It's it's interesting when it comes to Diddy or whatever, and I'm pretty sure conspiracy theory. Yeah, two things. Yeah, two things happen when you go to jail. You become religious and you get buff as fuck. <laughs> you know, those two things well, yeah, definitely happen. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Bobby Smarter is going to be released next year. And uh, they tried to actually use his lyrics and songs against him, but thankfully it was thrown out. I don't, I, I really don't want uh, songs to be, be used as like evidence against people. Or whatever, I'll put like my that. conspiracy theorist, uh, theorist hat on for a minute. Uh, do you think uh, Six Nine was a government agent <laughs> sent sent by the you know the uh, the CIA or FBI to infiltrate the gang and just I don't know I feel like there's some some shit going on because he got mm-hmm. away too easy man that because you know at first we heard we heard he was gonna be away for a long time man but now he's now he's back back like nothing happened man i feel like he was a because we never we never really seen six nine like a personality that type of personality just obviously that is just a conspiracy theorist uh take on it but you know we never really see him seen him act normal in a way he kind of he's just too cartoony for me to you know just just even take serious he just seems manufactured is yeah. uh manufactured just everything about him <laughs> I, I, see like, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, well, so far, I, I don't feel like I've seen enough like evidence, but it does make it does get the not the old nagging jogging as they say. And um, but six nine has a history before before uh becoming quote unquote blood or whatever. Uh, matter of fact, I believe he used to claim crip, and he did a lot of wild stuff before he got famous as well. So to me, it's more like uh. In terms of his affiliations with Bloods, um, I, I I think I don't think I don't think there was like a a a, a plan with that. I really I really don't think it was a plan with that. Um, I think Six Nine was doing whatever he could to get hot. Now, now it is interesting though that like because his first major video, he had a bunch of Bloods in the background, and that song is what made him famous. So how he got like how he even got all those bloods in that video or whatever because to my knowledge he wasn't that hot so it, it is it is interesting i don't i don't know how he he was able to like get that close with the leadership of a of a huge uh criminal in, like gang or whatever so uh that's interesting that's yeah that's, that's just one. me being a conspiracy theorist you know just uh putting my crazy hat on but that would make a crazy movie you know mm-hmm. well six nine's life period i feel like it would be a crazy movie even like without the conspiracy theory, because uh, uh, I mean, just everything that's happened in his life is is just like wow, like it just doesn't happen. He's the first major mainstream rapper to snitch, and then he came out and he's still alive, still putting out music, still very successful. Uh, but that's a whole another thing. I feel like we could do a whole episode on Six Nine or whatever. Yeah. Um, but and he himself, just like Tory Lanez, doing something unprecedented with his thing, which is like uh, allegedly shooting at a black pop star and, and, and actually having the public not, like not everybody is, is convinced about that. Whereas 6 9 snitching, like he's gone on a tour 
to promote his album. And in the process, he's explaining why he was justified in snitching and people are actually eating it up. Whereas before in hip hop, you snitch, you snitch. People ain't really trying to hear the reason why. Yeah. Uh, so, so I definitely want to talk about six, nine, like at a, uh, at another time. Um, Cause I feel like we can go in depth and we can bring people that possibly was associated with him uh, on the podcast because they have stories too. They have stories that they want to tell. Uh, I've seen, I seen some people around 6ix9ine or part of that organization go on No Jumper and other podcasts just to try to tell their side of the story. I think it would very be very interesting if we did a 6ix9ine episode uh, because I find him very interesting and I find yeah, how people reacted. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, a I, figure I find, like, he's definitely a figure like uh, so somebody like a joker. Cause you know people love chaotic characters, man. People love people who cause chaos, being oh, yeah. unpredictable. You know, that's like a, within our culture nowadays. And I feel like Six Nine resonates with those type of type of people that really that really love how how they just bring chaos within any situation, or just or just being unpredictable, yeah, just doing definitely. crazy shit. Yep, order 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 is great, but chaos is more entertaining. Like order order yeah, is like. Yeah. Needed and safe, but it's rather boring. Whereas yeah, chaos yeah. is just like, whoa, what the hell? So I, I get why people gravitate towards the six nines and the jokers and films and stuff like that. Uh, many people would say in the first Dark Knight, uh, or yeah, Dark Dark Knight Rises. Wait, is it Dark Knight? I can't remember which one. It was a trilogy, the but the one, second yeah. film. Yeah. Okay. The Dark Knight. Uh, the Joker stole the show in that movie, bro. Yeah. Even though it's a Batman film, Heath Ledger's performance is all what everybody talks about. So everything people really clicked, love man. chaos, and, and yeah. I understand. It. Yeah, it very much is entertaining. Six Nine is very much entertaining. But uh, going on to the uh, next topic that is definitely more lighthearted but interesting. So, um, Lil Boosie went on Mike Tyson's podcast. Now. For context, everybody, I'm assuming everybody already know who Mike Tyson is, a legendary boxer, some say the greatest boxer of all time, or, or whatever. He's a GOAT contender, but he has a podcast called Hot Boxing, um, and he brings, you know, guests on. Well, one such guest recently was uh, Lil Boosie, Boosie Badass, the, the Louisiana legend. He's like one of the most legendary Southern artists of all time, and he's provided tons of entertainment uh, beyond rap when he goes on live. And, and he wants to see girls. And uh, if an ugly girl appears on his live, he'll straight hang up in their face. And it is funny as hell. Uh, he, he's, he's entertaining. He's very much entertaining. Yeah. And um, he's, he's people's favorite on the DJ Vlad's channel. And Vlad is a whole nother thing. But like the, 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 in terms of DJ Vlad's channel, when Boosie appears, that channel does numbers because people really are interested in what Lil Boosie has to say. He yeah. is rather influential. He's another personality, very entertaining personality. Definitely. But in the past, he's commented negatively on, on Dwayne Wade uh, and concerning his transgender daughter. Now, um, Mike Tyson confronted him about, about that. And <laughs> the clip, I wish I could show you guys the clip. Uh, may, maybe at some point in the podcast, we'll, we'll start incorporating like reaction videos and stuff like that because the clip is hilarious eye-opening and something that I never thought I would see because Lil Boosie is something of a of a Louisiana gangster like he, he's a G he's uh he's known as one of the realest uh southern rappers to ever do it so the idea of him getting quote-unquote checked it it, it it 
it's beyond belief for a lot of people, especially his fans. Nobody would ever think that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So Mike Tyson challenged Lil Boosie on his comments regarding um, on like homophobia and stuff like that. And uh, Boosie made headlines earlier this year after um, those comments. Months later, the rapper had to, oh no, I'm reading this article. Uh, months later, however, the rapper had to stand on his words in front of the proverbial baddest man on the planet. Uh, close to 10 minutes. If you guys want to check out the actual uh, uh, podcast, 10 minutes in, that's when you'll see Mike Tyson put Lil Boosie in the hot seat. So Mike Tyson said, why do you say things about people who might be homosexual? Why do you say that about them? Tyson asks in the video, do you feel there's a possibility that you're a homosexual and by disrespecting them, it furthers your it, it furthers yourself from being a homosexual? <laughs> uh, I'm thinking you may like homosexuals. Bro, Bro, man. Mike Tyson. Oh my God, man! If <laughs> I, I anybody said, else said that, uh, uh, Boosie would definitely be heated. But it's Mike Tyson. He had his reaction was just, just uh, he, you could tell on his face. He he didn't want to, he didn't want to make anybody mad. He just he was calm. You know, he just <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, funny, definitely. And, and Boosie has a history. Like you can look up videos of Boosie going off on interviewers just for asking questions about like. Uh, I think his uh, diabetes or, or some sort of medical condition and, and Boosie went off. Like I remember this years ago, it was like, I feel like it's a decade ago. It was on world star hip hop. And uh, so I just never thought I would see this. And Boosie said, instead of saying like, instead of like challenging Mike Tyson back, like, Hey, who, nigga, don't, don't come at me like that. I ain't no fucking, I'm not, I'm not fucking gay. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. He said, Boosie said, uh, uh, I really commented on the Dwayne Wade situation because I got offended because it's a child. That's really why I got offended. Uh, and then Boosie said, I, I just need to shut the fuck up sometimes. <laughs> and I, and I, like, who the fuck am I? He, he said, who the fuck am I to say anything? So Boosie, like, went at himself after Mike Tyson pushed that. But I, I just don't think he would have done that with anybody else. I could very much be wrong. But, like, if DJ Vlad came at him like that, I don't think Boosie would, would, would uh, take that kindly. Because Mike Tyson said, uh, I'm thinking you may like homosexuals. Like, yeah, like, man, with this lisp, uh, it's just different when he, even even at, like, older age, Mike Tyson, man, he's deadly, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those training videos, because he's getting ready for his exhibition match, yeah. match with Roy Jones Jr., he looks vicious. He, he, he looks like the baddest man on the planet, even still. Uh, also, yeah, recently, man. this is like a side side note, uh, Boosie was denied entry into a gym for his transphobic remarks on Zaya Wade. Wow. Uh, Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness would not let him work out in his gym because of, of, of what he said in the past. Yeah, he might. Uh, he probably might need to shut the fuck up, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Especially, like, I, I'm not so sure if Boosie has at least any blue chip mainstream endorsements. But he, um, yeah, man, you got to be careful, like, saying what you say if you're trying to, like, get money or just go out and, you know, live a relatively peaceful and, and prosperous and productive life. But, hey, guys, I'm not also saying, like, if you – if you believe in something, you want to stand on something, I guess, say it and believe it. But uh, it's consequences to freedom of speech, as, as I always say, as people always say. You got you to gotta be ready. Um, but yeah. Well, talking on, speaking on Mike Tyson, though, man, he, he did say, now that he's getting back to fighting, man, he said, uh, you know, fighting to him feels orgasmic, man. <laughs> what what, do you, what oh do you take God. on that? Uh. It, it sounds like Mike Tyson of old, man. If you look at some of Mike Tyson's old clips, he said, oh, I want to eat his children. Or like, uh, I think he even insinuated like wanting to rape one. He was going to rape one of his 
opponents or I'm going to fuck you and make you like it. Like he said a lot of wild stuff yeah, back in the yeah. day. So uh, I, I guess, I guess I, I could understand it. Um, but man, he's just, he's just him. Mike Tyson is a very, a one on one, one of one person. Um, and I guess it takes a special type of character to be who he was and what he accomplished. Uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, if you minus the Tyson Fury uh, tie and loss, uh, he said he wanted to kill a man in the ring because if you like Monty, if me and you were to box and it was clear, uh, clear by the state, if you like, if I killed you in the ring by punching you, uh, I wouldn't get in trouble for it. So Deontay Wilder uh, said he, he always wanted to like kill somebody in the Damn. ring. So yeah, it's wild, bro. Boxers, <laughs> it is what it is. But um, yeah, I, I definitely be tuning into the ex- exhibition match. You know, Mike Tyson is in his fifties, I believe. Roy Jones Jr. is is uh, around that as well. Uh, but he looks in shape, man. I've seen the training videos. They look, they look in shape. But um, yeah, he's a different. He's definitely because I know Mike Tyson. Uh, probably two years ago, he was he was a lot more calmer. He still is calm, but uh, now he's that he's get, getting back to fighting, man. You could you could you could see the change in demeanor, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess the last topic is uh, Jordan B. Peterson returns. He, he returns from um, his hiatus. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but he had a a, a, a dependency on on benzo benzos like uh, Valium and Xanax or whatever, and uh, he really went through a hard time trying to like uh, fix his condition because as he was addressing his dependency, he started developing other serious uh, illnesses and uh, uh, symptoms, and and he was very shaky. He couldn't talk. Uh, there was just a lot of like a lot of stuff when it came to like addressing his dependency that, that he just didn't see coming. And he went to like a multitude of countries to address this. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, he went to Russia or somewhere in Russia to like yeah, induce a coma. He induced a coma to try to like uh, wean himself and address the conditions. And it, it just, it, it's just been a really rough patch for him. And I, I could see us like later on, ex- like, like expounding on this, but recently he, he came, he, um, posted a video on his YouTube channel, super successful YouTube channel, uh, and said he's back. He's Well, he's back home. And, you know, he's just talking about uh, his agenda, what he wants to do. Uh, I think he, he has a, he wants to do something um, involving the book of Proverbs and the Bible. Because Jordan B. Peterson does have a phenomenal se- series of like being able to, or lectures, being able to break down stuff and 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 say something profound about its uh, meaning, like his interpretations are really great. If you look at his uh, lecture on Lion King, for example, or sometimes he'll talk about Harry Potter and what he can pull out of that is absolutely uh, uh, mind bending. But um, as a friend of mine said, Jordan B. Peterson is very much different. If you look at him in the new video saying "I'm home" versus like uh, any interview. Uh, yeah. like a year and a half or two years ago he's slower it's taken it's, it's taking him longer to to uh speak uh there's little there's little it's just he's just slower at speech and his vocabulary doesn't seem as uh expansive or easily within reach or easily accessible yeah it sounds so, like he's um, reading off uh, like a notepad so yeah he's not it definitely seems uh, different like a lot more uh, you could you could tell he'd been through some shit you know because i definitely know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm a critical of Jordan B. Peterson, and some of his ideas are just. Or I don't think he's as he's as amazing as uh, as the fan base make, makes it out to be. But 
you know, I feel mm-hmm. for the man, man. He's been through he been through a lot of shit over the past year. And Definitely. and you know, seeing him back, you know, I'm kinda happy, you know, because even though even though I'm critical of some of his uh, ideas, he I think he's definitely needed in society, man. Because I know he helped a lot of people. He helped a lot of people out uh, who's been who've been struggling with like you know just getting back on back on a better path in a way. Yeah, bro. Even though it's like a very memeable, where you know his advice on about clean your room, there's something very like profound and deep about him just saying like uh, every day just do something that's in your control. Yeah. And start with cleaning your room. And then every other day you can add, or every, yeah, every uh, other day you can add to something more to that, you know, uh, start cleaning the kitchen, whatever, whatever. And it's, it's so much more about, so much more than actual chore and more about you becoming responsible and disciplined. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of people look at Jordan B. Peterson like their dad, like a lot of people in the comments even have their dad. Like it ain't like his whole fan base is full of people with uh, sing, uh that come from single ho- households, single parent households, but they look at Jordan B. Peterson as somebody that should have, uh, that, that gives advice that their father should have gave them. And uh, there is this, this idea or YouTube videos talking about how modern day fathers are failing their sons. Yeah. And uh, now, now kids are, are, are taking a lot from taking like fatherly advice from parasocial relationships. And, uh, it's definitely interesting, and uh, I haven't read his Twelve Rules for Life books, but I've seen his lectures, and uh, I do believe he is in many ways. And a lot of my friends will hate me hate me saying this, but I do think he's a net positive to society. I think he does help a lot of men out or whatever. But I just hope people can you know take what works and and, yeah. and not feel like they gotta absorb and um, agree with everything he says. And that's some of the problem I've seen. Same thing with Kanye West, by the way. A lot yeah. of people feel raised by Kanye West's music. A lot of people feel feel raised by Kanye West music, and uh, but when they have that attachment, it's like if somebody criticizes any of those ideas, they they respond like ta- attack dogs or something like that. Like they they internalize the ideas of the person they look at as a father figure, all of them, and that's what worries me. But um, yeah, man, I, I hope he um is able to come back and do what he wants to do. He's a he's a he's a man like everybody else, and I don't wish I don't wish uh, sickness or disease on on anybody. And uh, yeah, man, let's 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 hope he uh, comes back. But a lot of people are looking at this as the greatest news of 2020. By the way, <laughs> like I saw that in the comments, like, oh my God, finally, I mean, some news. Back. Yeah, for some people, this might be just you know a positive thing. So I get I yeah. get why they, they might feel some some joy yeah. in him being back. But yeah, man, it just it's crazy. It always seems to go back to the idea of of like hero worship, you know, because. He's another figure that you know could get, you could get a lot of good out of, but he also not everything could work for you because I know you know he's it just shows uh, what he's been going through like all the addiction issues and mental health issues he's been going through it just shows he's just another person man he's just just like you and me but but the you know with a different perspective on life and society you know yep yep um, you got to be careful with who you put on that pedestal. Uh, and I much rather put like goals on pedestal, yeah. not people, not people. <laughs> but uh, uh, so on the last note, what we want to start doing is like at the end of shows, or maybe maybe even at the beginning at some point, let's talk about like what piece of media we've been consuming, like like what uh, what we found interesting throughout the the week. Um, and Monty, we'll start with you. Like, uh, what have you been watching? What what piece of media have you? Uh, what piece of media has resonated with you, or at least 
uh, you found interesting? Oh yeah, the big thing I got to check out was uh, the new Borat movie, the second one that just came out, and it was it's pretty crazy how this was a big big. It got a lot of media attention because the Borat two, the sequel, it had a lot of ties to politics. Because in the, I'm not gonna spoil much of it, but uh, in the movie, he 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 did some shit that kind of riled up some people uh, from the Republican side because there's some pranks and just you know scenes he pulled that kind of mm-hmm. implicated one of the one of the big political figures in America. And, it was pretty funny how how he was able to prank such a big figure because a lot of people were making comments how if this happened to you know some big figure like uh, this political figure and uh, this would be this would be compromising because you know some some agent Russian agent or some people from other other places could get a lot of information out of you just doing some shit like this that that the, that you know that happened in Borat too but you know just speaking on the movie though. And I wouldn't say it was as good as the first Borat movie because, you know, the first Borat movie made him a cultural icon because you ever got to see the first Borat? Uh, no, but uh, I heard that it was banned in, 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 in this country. Kazakhstan or Kazakhstan, one of, <laughs> one of the Kazakhstan something, it, the government banned the movie because it was that controversial. Yeah, it's uh, funny. I, I think uh, the latest movie, they, uh, the Kazakhstan, they, they actually... They actually embrace him now in a way because uh, they they actually took one of his slogan from the movie and they actually made him made it an official Kazakhstan like you know slogan the country slogan so that's pretty funny like how he turned it around yeah but the movie though man it was uh, I, I wouldn't say as good as the first movie but uh, it was still it was still it was still pretty great <laughs> it was just it was just crazy kind of childish humor in a way but there's some heart into it too because. You know, Borat, he, he makes a lot of political, not political, just a lot, of, a lot of commentary on society and how people behave. And this one kind of continued, continued that trend, but not as well as the first one, I would say. But I think, yeah, you should, you should definitely check it out if you got time. Okay. Well, I, I still got, I've been, I've been sleeping on your recommendation, man. I got to, I got to give you more respect. My bad for yeah, the yeah. I, I still got to watch the boys, man. <laughs> yeah, man, a lot of a lot of stuff you got to catch up on. But wh- what have you been watching, though, man? Uh, it's not what I've been watching. It's more so I feel like what I've been playing, and what I've been playing is a game called The Witcher Three. Uh, mm. I think it's the greatest game of all time. I- I'll stand on that. But I'm not like the most passionate gamer. But I beat Witcher Three yesterday. Um, I beat wow, the- how long did it take? You? Uh, well, well, I also beat the the Heart of Stone DLC, and I beat the Blood and Wine DLC altogether. Uh, it could be like a, from what I heard, it can be a 150 hour game, but I'm going to be real with you. I zoomed through it. Like I went through the main story because the, the main story was so compelling to me that uh, now I'm doing what's called new game plus. So after you beat Damn. the game, you can, after you beat the game, you can like restart the game and uh, actually play with, with your higher level and higher level items. Now, of course, the enemies are going to be around your same level. So you're not like, a, you know, God, but it's still very much fun, but this time around, I want to take the time to play the the quests because people say the side quests are good, if not better, or just as good, if not better than the actual main story. Now, I find that hard to believe, but Witcher 3 has had nothing but surprises for me. Also, another thing that increases Witcher 3's replay value, replay value is the um, RPG elements and the fact that you can make uh, choices. Now, choices that you make early in the game. Remember, this could be like a 100-hour game. So imagine like making a choice in a 
first or second hour of Witcher 3 and then paint like like seeing the consequences of that choice 70 hours later and you you've already forgot that you made that choice but oh, then it might wow. yeah it just might come back to bite you uh it's very much a narrative character it's a it's a narrative game so if if people are more so into gameplay and uh, more than narrative then you might want to miss out on the Witcher 3 but if you love narrative and great great stories i would say if you like game of thrones you should love witcher 3 if you're a gamer uh don't, oh yeah they're very similar yeah. yeah now not to say that the gameplay isn't fun there's tons of things you can do uh uh you know crossbows swords magic um and, and the magic has a lot like I, I say magic and that's pretty broad but it, it's a broad uh skill like uh how do i say this skill sets and traits that you can um power up level up there's different signs you can use and those different signs vary uh quite a lot and so um yeah man what you three uh i binged it i was i, I played it for like 10 to 12 hours straight one man night. so you were really into it huh really into it so really into it wow. and uh i i don't know man I, i've taken a lot from it but i want to explain that at another time because again i just beat it yesterday so i want to i want to have a chance to uh think about it before I ruminate on it publicly, but it's it's definitely special. And it came out in 2015, guys. So like, I'm not telling you anything new. This isn't a new game by any means. But if you look on YouTube right now, every yeah. year a new year comes, people make a YouTube video about 10 minutes long on average, talking about why Witcher 3 is uh, uh, worth all the hype, number one. And number two, people are calling it the game of the decade. Number three, it's one of the most game awards of the year it came out, 2015. It had like 200, 230 something awards uh which beat beat out the last of us which had like 211 awards or something like that and so um yeah guys which you three that's that's the thing and uh monty if there's nothing else man i think i'm about ready to leave the cave oh yeah yeah but speaking of witcher three though man that's 12 hours straight that's that's a long that means you really that that, that kind of warrants it being your uh probably one of the best games you ever played then huh yeah yeah because it's tough, but it's tough because I played a lot of great RPGs. Uh, I, I played The Witcher 2. Witcher 3 is better than The Witcher 2 by, by Miles. I played Witcher 1. Witcher 3 and Witcher 2 are better than Witcher 1. So it's definitely the best of The Witcher series, but like, there's other games that like like Dragon Age or uh, Jade Empire, which is the most underrated RPG like out there. It's one, it's one of the greatest RPGs. If you like RPGs and you haven't played Jade Empire, it's like, what are you doing? But it, I, don't think, I don't think it was marketed that well or promoted hard enough. It's just not talked about that much, but uh, it's up there too. So as of right now, due to recency bias, and I'm I'm very up uh, upfront about the fact that this is recency bias. Witcher Three is the greatest game I've ever played. But give it some time, it it will be top three. It'll it'll be top three definitely. Like there's nothing to think about. It's top three definitely. But as of right now, best game of all time. If you like RPGs, if you like narratives, go play that game and let's have a conversation about it. Yeah, that makes sense why so many people are hyped for the Cyberpunk series, you know, because it's made by the same guys, man. So the, the expectations are high. Definitely. Definitely. I, I hope they hit it out the park. Uh, this, like, future technological dystopias, like, it, it's not really my type. It ain't really my cup of tea, but I'll, I'll still play it. I'll probably more than likely still play it just because I respect the creator so much. They haven't missed in my eyes. Uh, so... I'll probably still play it. And um, yeah, Monty. Yeah, that's funny because I'm the other way around because RPGs are not my thing, you know, or the medieval time period. I love uh, yeah. I love the futuristic or just, you know, the sci-fi type. 
vibes that cyberpunk is going for so that's definitely my type of game but yeah man i think oh, yeah. it's gonna be another hit man definitely definitely i'll be on the lookout for it and we'll we'll probably discuss it yeah like as soon as you or you get your hands on it but you probably we'll want to uh check out the netflix witcher series then because i know i heard good things about the tv show um i gotta be honest with you bro i might have to watch it again because uh it kind of kind of bored me oh little, you bro. checked it out yeah yeah oh yeah. man kind of yeah but but I want I want to watch it again and give it its due diligence because I have heard good things about it as well. So maybe my mind was in a different place. But I I binged it and uh, it just didn't it didn't resonate that well with me. Yeah, I think I, uh, I think a lot of the hardcore fans liked it, but I know I know I think I saw some people didn't really they they didn't think it was as good the storytelling, you know. Yeah 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 I, I'm definitely gonna check it out again, man. Definitely, but um, man. Thanks, guys, for uh, joining us in the cave tonight. And we will be back with episode five next week, as always. Uh, Monty, is there anything else? No, I think we covered it pretty much, man. But we know we're going to be back back with another episode next week. So tune in, guys, when we drop the future episodes. And with that note, I think I think we're done. All right. Take care, guys. One love. Yeah.